Hashtag SFM Talking Point. Welcome back. You know, I clarify again the issue of the buff uh, that I put over my head when I run. I'm not influencing anybody uh, because uh, there's somebody who's hounding me on Twitter saying I'm influencing people to run with masks. No, in fact, people who are runners know what it is that they need to do for their safety. And uh, the the voice note of the person who said uh, they can't do it. I do meet many people who, when I get closer to them, who are not wearing buffs because most runners will wear the buff. Perhaps I didn't have the right language for it. Uh, they will pull it up when I get close. I run throughout with it. Uh, if you want to know the longest distance I've done, 32 kilometers, I haven't gone as far as a uh, full marathon yet. Uh, but for me, I prefer the buff. And the buff is soft enough and comfortable enough uh, for, 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 for me to run with. That's what makes me comfortable. Uh, it's not a mask in the traditional sense, uh, the one that you hang around your, uh, your ears, uh, that covers your ears that I use. So I hope that issue is cleared and uh, thank you for your voice notes we shift gear we want to talk about police who are saying investigations are underway following an incident an incident sorry in which a grade 9 learner died in hospital after being stabbed by a fellow learner at the Polosha secondary school uh, in Alexander north of Johannesburg the incident happened last week Thursday in the evening and two weeks ago if you remember 16 year old Kayam um, guy was uh, stepped to death allegedly also by a fellow learner at the very same school. So these are at least two uh, incidents in one township uh, which uh, bring to light the issue of violence in our schools. And what will it take then to change uh, the situation? And are parents and society to blame? I read many articles last night as I was preparing to come and have a conversation about this. And we invited uh, for our conversation uh, Tsulufelo Nagedi, community advocacy specialist at the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. Tsulufelo, good morning. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. I don't even think we fully have a picture in terms of the number of uh, the amount of violence or the amount of killings that happen in our schools yet, do we? Um, uh, good morning, Komoto, and good morning to your listeners. Um, I We do not have a currency the stats, but we do know that uh, it is something that we really need to be worried about. Mm, mm. Um, and, I mean, school violence is not a new phenomenon. It's something that has been happening over a number of years. Mm. Um, I think what makes it, uh, what brings it a little bit more to attention is that now, there's a use of social media. Um, learners can be taping what's happening, uh, and now what we are seeing as well is that how how uh, how it's becoming serious mm. and how brutal it's becoming. Where literally people are being stabbed and shot at school, uh, which is really uh, something that we really need to be concerned with. Yeah, and and what is the research showing? You know, uh, are is are there more violent acts and maybe uh, not enough reporting on it? Um, I think what research is really showing is that it's 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 it's, 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 it's what is increasing is the seriousness, right, and the brutality around um, and the the storms 
that we see of 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 of, of violence. I think earlier on we used to see things like bullying, uh, but now it's it's really concerning. Like literally, we are we are we are young people are killing each other at school. Um, and I think what is really causing all this is that we also come from a very violent society. South Africa is actually very violent. So what we are mm. seeing happening in schools is actually what is happening in our communities. Um, I, yeah, I think it should be an eye-opener for us to say, actually, what these kids are doing in schools is things that are happening every day in our, in our homes, in our communities, and they're just repeating that type of behavior. Um, in the school community as well. That, that sounds like the word I could use to describe what you just said is normalized. It sounds yes. like you're saying to me we've normalized it in such a way that children are also completely unafraid to display this anger in this particular way. Am I understanding correctly? Yes, I think you are actually very much correct. We've normalized violence. Um, whenever we are not happy with anything, the use of violence is what we do. I mean, we've seen it. If I am to draw from some of the recent things that we've seen, we've seen xenophobic violence. Yeah. Uh, we are not happy. We feel like there uh, are no employment opportunities. Uh, we see communities going out there, meeting. Recently, the political violence that we've seen when people were protesting in, when in, in support of, of the former president and all, what do they do? Go to the streets and become violent. Go mm. loot. So young people are observing this type of behavior and then they normalize it and they think that for you to be heard, for you, so they don't, we don't teach them to develop conflict resolution skills. Yeah. So they think that the best way to do it is to then become violent to be heard. Yeah. For you to be heard, for you to get somebody's attention is to become violent. And unfortunately, it's just spilling off from, yeah, from society into the school. Yeah. Do we know at what level uh, in, the, in, 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 in schooling we find this violence uh, to be escalating? Uh, is it primary school? Is it high school? But also we haven't added in the conversation rape because rape is a violent act, right? Do we find, uh, you know, rape cases as well becoming widespread in schools? Um, well, at the level, I think at the moment, um, there is data that's coming out. It's not showing any difference between the violence that is happening at primary level and that is happening at high school. So mm. both at primary and high school level, uh, there is seriously high levels of violence. However, uh, we've seen the extreme forms uh, that we see displayed more for um, uh, uh, older learners, right? So your grade from grade seven there to high school that's where you will see more extreme forms of violence so it means that at the moment it doesn't show the data that's coming out there's no difference yeah and as far as sexual violence is concerned i think it's something that is also happening uh with sexual violence there is a lot of of of, of different not just rape right different mm. forms whether it's sexual harassment mm. um there are many different forms that are are being displayed, uh, especially against the girl child, right? We see male learners that are most are most likely to really harass female learners, mm. uh, but female learners also can be harassed uh, by, 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 by male teachers. The only problem that is really difficult 
to quantify it, right? Because a lot of some of these cases, they go by unreported. Mm. Uh, just like in the wider society, there's a lot of rape, there's a lot of sexual harassment, but women to go out there and report these cases, it's really a limited number. So it's really difficult to quantify the actual steps, but it is something sure. that is actually widespread. Yeah, we also invite people to join in on the conversation and uh, they call us and uh, uh, we have somebody who uh, has joined the conversation and wants to comment or uh, ask you a question. Aisha in Uppington, welcome. Good morning, Kaisia. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, my dear. What's on your mind? Okay, I would like to begin with terminology. Mm. Not gender-based violence, Violence against women. Mm-hmm. That is the scope of the problem that we have in the country. Secondly, I am disgusted that 10 year olds are getting pregnant. And in my province, on top of it. Thirdly, uh, what uh, we need to change the focus from, from, from the child getting pregnant to the man doing it. Mm-hmm. That is... Uh, 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 what I think. Yeah. Um, do you want to comment on that, uh, Tsolofelo? Um, I'm not so sure if I was able to hear everything, but I, I think I had the, the last question. Unless you want to repeat it, uh, repeat it for me, please. Um, um, yeah, I, I also was struggling to hear the line, but I think uh, one of the things we started talking about on the show was the fact that uh, this is now uh, cases of about 5,000 schoolgirls that have been reported to be pregnant uh, in specifically the Northern Cape. And I think he's calling, she, sorry, is calling uh, from from uh, the Northern Cape and uh, she's clearly appalled, but she's saying it's it's basically an issue of criminology, uh, not just uh, uh, GBV only. Uh, it, it, it's a, a case of, of, of violence, and she's worried also about the fact that we report it or we talk about it as about young girls being uh, impregnated as opposed to young girls being violated. Mm. I think it's it's really deeply uh, concerning uh, issues of of this high levels of teenage pregnancy, not even teenage. I mean, as mm. young as ten. ten. Mm. Really, a child at that age cannot really make <laughs> consent, cannot even consent to have sexual relations. Right? Mm. I think I agree with the caller to say this is purely criminal behavior that needs to be uh, treated as such. Um, and I think something that also is of concern is that sometimes when we talk about issues of sexual violence, we tend to talk to the girl child, right? Yes, yes. Uh, it's like it's a girl child problem. But if this is something that is affecting male learners, girl children don't get pregnant just by themselves. Mm. So even in our interventions, as we think of our interventions, we really need to be thinking about how we are going to deal with the, with the, with the, with the, with the, with the, with the male learner. How are we going to address issues of, of, of how do they conduct themselves? How do they also take responsibility of such as well? Um, and it's very unfortunate that also the socioeconomic uh, conditions that our learners find themselves in also contribute, right? When you know that you don't know how you are going to eat tonight, mm. uh, um, and the only way, and, and in, in some cases, unfortunately, you find that even the mothers would encourage young children to go out there and find 
some kind of a sugar daddy to be able to take care of them, mm. which also is, 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 is of concern. I think we really need, this one, I think we need to really think of our interventions looking at, at different things. Yeah. Calling people as they are, when you see a child pregnant, let's find out who the father is. And mm. let's let the father also be able to take responsibility. If they need to be criminally charged, let us do those. Uh, but also let's work with the male learner as well. Let's deal with issues around um, to- uh, toxic masculinity. Mm. And we see ways on, in which we can address this. I really think, yeah, it, it, it is something that is good and that we really need to look at. On the flip side, I find it very, very interesting and peculiar, if you may, Tsulufelo, uh, that people almost exclusively and only mostly blame COVID uh, because I suppose uh, the reportage of these uh, uh, of, uh, 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 pregnancies, particularly for uh, girl children, is largely reported from ages 20 to, um, from year 2020, April, which was after COVID uh, to date. What does your research say? say, in relation to particularly rape, violence against girl children, is it something limited to around this pr- this pr- this uh, time of COVID, or is it a problem that we generally have had? Um, it's a problem that is generally had. Uh, through the interventions that we've had uh, working with schools, this is something that has been coming up all along. Um, maybe now that there's COVID we want to find, but it's, it's, I don't think it's COVID-related. It's, it's, it's something that has been happening over the number of years. I think if we can even ask the department to give some of the states, we will, we, yeah, it, it, we will be very surprised that this is not a new phenomenon. Mm. It has been happening over a number of years. Mm. And then uh, there is also blame. Uh, The blame game is played a lot by uh, people who say the education department is the one that has to take blame for these incidents. Uh, What is the role of parents and the role of wider society? Uh, For example, you just said to me now, if somebody sees a a 10-year-old pregnant in a community, somebody has to know who the father of of, of, of that child is. And, you know, a society has to... Uh, find a way to make them, uh, whether, you know, uh, be criminally charged or liable in, in, in one way or another. Who should take responsibility or blame for this situation? Yeah, it's very, I mean, I think it's unfortunate we can't just blame the Department of Education. This has to be um, something that we all address, right? Parents included. Um, and I think one of the things that we are also being able to pick up in our research is that parents are not are not actively involved in their schools, in the school system, or in their children's education. Right? Uh, the only time you will see a parent is if a child fails the school year, um, and that's when they will come into the school to try and find out what has happened. But on the day to day, parents are not are not involved. Um, so with with this, I think it, it needs to be a holistic approach. Uh, we need to really work with the parents and also like be able to give the parents also parenting skills. So unfortunately, when you become a parent, the children don't come with a manual, right? A lot of, of, of parenting you learn as you do. And unfortunately, if you've never had positive parenting, you're most likely to also uh, repeat the same thing. So in the interventions, I think we also need to look at issues of, 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 of positive parenting on how parents can really deal with some of these issues. Uh, we also need to be thinking of ways we can teach our young people positive ways 
of 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 dealing with conflict, right? Conflict resolution to say mm-hmm. how do you deal with conflict without dealing with it with your fist, but rather deal with it with your mouth. Mm-hmm. Are you able to talk through things? Are you able to uh, uh, make the next person understand uh, your stance? Uh, but you also need to give teachers uh, support, right? Because mm. I feel like a lot of, uh, of of teachers are overwhelmed. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of things that they have to deal with in the school system. And this just feels like it's an added thing. Mm. So we also need to offer a safe space for them, whether to just vent out where it's just an issue of, 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 of being had, just to debrief the, the teachers, mm. but also be able to help them to identify uh, learners that might be in need of, of, of help, whether it's, uh, they need a more in-depth mental health support, we need to give this to the, to the teachers. Um, and also, I think we also need to learn to, to deal with the learners, right? I feel like also we cannot have top-down approach where we tell learners what to do. They also need to be involved in some of these things, opening up for dialogue, mm. them being able to express themselves and say, these are some of the things. Uh, I think through, uh, so one of the things that we have as a principal is that, because we also work with communities, is that we believe that uh, communities have some of the answers, right? And I think with the, with, it's the same thing also, that some of the answers also lie with the learners themselves. Mm. And it's only in involving them that they'll feel that they can do something. Let them be part of the solution of dealing with these issues around uh, school violence as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've got, yeah. A call, we've got a caller, uh, Tsulufelo, uh, in Mangawung. Paul wants to join the conversation. Paul, welcome to SAFM. Uh, good morning, ladies. Um, KG, um, it is unfortunate that violence is one of those things that we have actually normalized both in our societies and now it spills over to, to schools because what is happening in schools is actually a reflection of what is happening in the society in general. And unfortunately, violence is not the only um, abnormality that we, in, in South Africa, we have actually normalized. And these things are very much interlinked when I look at them. Mm. You, you just spoken about uh, child pregnancy. You know, sometimes I look at people who queue on the, uh, on the uh, ATMs when there's grants time. And you see, they are all young people. And because I, I drive all over and I look at the township side and I look on the town side, but on the town side, you don't see even this young, young as these people, these people that I see in the township that are actually queuing for, uh, for, 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 for the grants, for baby grants. And these are young ladies, not even ladies, they are, they are kids. Mm. Now for us, and sometimes you listen to their moms, you know, they say, oh, one house, one ladder. And as if now this is an acceptable thing, one house, one ladder. It's not not like a taboo the child has become pregnant at the age of 10 or 14 you understand and uh, for me I, I always question how as a mother or as a parent do you allow a 10 year old to carry through a pregnancy that okay a child. you've made your point you've made your point i wanna mm-hmm. uh, i wanna ra- uh, come back to you uh Tsulufelo, and talk about whether or not in the research that you do uh whether you found anywhere around the world whether there's programs that we in South Africa can introduce in schools or introduce, find a way to introduce in communities that can sort of, uh, you know, give an intervention and, and have those be, uh, be shown to work in some places or some countries. What are other
other countries that have faced similar uh, violent problems, uh, perhaps in schools, what have they done to turn it around? Um, uh, thank you, Komuto. I think I, I wanted to go back to Mpo's, um comment there to say also some of the things that for us that also needs to change are really issues around structural issues, right? Mm. Unless we also deal with structural issues, um, there's nothing that also will change, right? Structural yes. issues, even like what I said earlier today, but there are also issues around socioeconomic uh, where people really, there is extreme hunger. Right, um, and the young people are sometimes forced to fend for themselves. Social economic conditions. Ways, yeah, yes. And some of the ways they do is to also have this phenomenon of having like a sugar daddy or somebody to take care of. Mm. So unless you also deal with those deep-rooted issues around uh, 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 structural issues that need to change, that's why you won't see it. Uh, in affluent areas. You will mm. see it in, in places where you find people are vulnerable, but you will see some of these of this things as well. Mm. Um, going back to what you were saying as well, I think some of the things I had began to speak about really, uh, it's really having things like around parental support, working with teachers, supporting teachers, uh, opening things, having like endeavors for learners or, mm. or, or some kind of dialogue where learners can really talk about some of the things and bring their own solutions as well. Mm. But also have this peer-to-peer support, right? Because yeah, yeah. um, if a learner is going through something at school, they're more likely to talk to somebody their age group than to talk to somebody, like, than to talk to an adult. Mm. So also uh, empowering young people with skills uh, to be able to contain some of the things that the learners do, uh, also and also having like your 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 social workers, your psychologists being involved in the school setting. And unfortunately, we don't sometimes have this thing happen. Uh, uh, having uh, mental health professionals in the in our schools, you can see them more in affluent schools, but we actually need them, right? Yeah. Because sometimes learners are going through so much, right? So for us, we'll just be seeing a stepping incident, but it could have been stopped somewhere if they had somebody who really could support them, who they really could uh, talk to about some of the things that they are going through. And really talking about issues around conflict resolution, giving them skills around uh, conflict resolution, but also to work with schools themselves and schools management teams around having, having a school uh, school safety policies school safety plans of how do we deal with issues of safety in our particular schools because all, not all the schools are the same. So the school management teams can be the ones that really can, uh, including the, the, the school governing bodies, can they be the ones that can give guidance on how to deal with issues of, of violence at each particular school. Yeah, we'll leave it there because, uh, you know, the time just flew away. But thank you for making the time to share information. Uh, Tsulu Tsulufelo Nagedi is the Community Advocacy Specialist at the Centre for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation as we deal with the issue of violence in our schools. It's 11.01. It's time for the news and Musa standing by.